Welcome to TBN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you'll hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Lori Crouch hosts beloved author, speaker, and Bible teacher, Lisa Harper. They discuss Lisa's amazing journey adopting her little girl, Missy, from Haiti, and how God fills the void in fatherless homes. But we're doing this program together. This is Lisa Harper, one of my dearest friends. I love you. I love, 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 love you. But we're doing this program right here on Thursday night, and uh, thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to be talking about this beautiful brand new book, Who's Your Daddy? So many of you have, um, have watched, and you have supported, and you have prayed for us, yeah. and you have just been there through the decades, and um, from my heart, I want to thank you so very much, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. I, you know, this is kind of a stressful time for a lot of people, because they be. have to be I around family. Be re- I think any time you have the holidays, because we tend to look at everybody else's lives and go, everybody else looks like Norman Rockwell, yeah. and I'm the only one at home by myself with a Lean Cuisine, and it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I think it can really um, underscore what you think you don't have, mm. and the flip side of that, it's a time to count your blessings and go, let me lean into the, the fatherhood of God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told somebody the other day um, that I don't think, I think gratitude is, uh, we need to talk about it more, mm. because it's both the fruit of spiritual intimacy, but it's also the fuel. Mm-hmm. It spurs us, if you're in a difficult season, just my mom used to stand in the win- window after my dad left us, uh, really went through some difficult seasons. And the hymn I always remember my mother singing is, count your blessings, blessings, name them one by one. And so there's something about gratitude that even if you're in one of those places where you, you've lost your spiritual groove or feel like God is far away, Gratitude will move you back into the heart of God. I Boy, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's good. Because how many times have we been down thinking of all the, oh, yeah. the things going wrong, yeah. and then it's just check, start yeah. thinking, right. thanking the Lord for, for right. what you do have. It's one of a, a friend of mine, when we, uh, a girl that I travel with often for ministry, if I turn into Eeyore, you know, because yeah. we've missed a flight or don't have a rental car, she'll just like in the middle of the airport go stop and give me 10 you tell people are like, are they in the military? Like, is she going to she look like she does that many push-ups? But it's stop and tell me ten things you're grateful for right now. Yeah. And it's like it will just recalibrate your heart. Yeah. It's a good thing. Even just saying something nice, right. saying something good. Right. When you're in that critical right. moment, I, sometimes I say that to my son. I'll say, okay, say something nice. <laughs> say something nice about that person. Yeah. And that totally changes the atmosphere. It does. It does. Yeah. So the words count, don't they? Yeah. It's one of the reasons so, I love you. I love you, you too. You reek kindness. Sweet. You just do. Sweet. <laughs> Without Matt, it's like an estrogen festival, baby. It's like Matt's gone and we're just going to gush. I love it. You know what? This book is available to you. We're going to get right into it. Um, I I love this. And it would be a beautiful gift. We were just talking uh, back in the back about um, about the fatherless. Yeah. And how many... How, uh, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize until I started studying this because it's it's our little world. You know, I'm a single mom. I adopted my little girl from Haiti. It's also part of my backstory. My father left us when I was a kid, so fatherlessness has definitely marked our family. And so I'm real conscious of how to how do we experience God's redemption in that? Lean into His 
fatherhood and the fact that he does promise to be a father to the fatherless. But I had no idea that in America, one out of three children experience fatherlessness. Mm. There's no bio daddy living in their home. And, uh, and that that has led to all these just systemic problems of poverty and incarceration. I was, I think I told you I was at Angola prison not too long ago. I just love those guys yes. and had the privilege of being at their seminary. Uh, which how cool there's a seminary for guys right. and most of these guys are lifers you know yeah. you've met them yeah. um, they are not going to get out and have ministries on the outside of Angola but they're in seminary literally taking classes writing papers because they want to be more effective in sharing the gospel with their cellmates I'm like Thanks. goodness yeah. gracious but um, I'm just like it's just revival I love I love going to Angola, but um, the guys I've become friends with at Angola, every single one of them didn't have a dad growing up. And so they will say, Lisa, you've got to talk about this because it's not just your little corner of the world. It is, um, it's breaking the heart um, of God and we see it all over. We see the failure. So I think if ever the church was going to talk about the, the brokenness of fatherlessness and God being our Father, that, that facet of who He is for us, uh, now's the time. Lisa and I are actually twins, but yeah. we're about 10 days yeah. apart. Fraternal. Yeah. Fraternal. <laughs> and, um, but, but Missy's a handful. She's she a beautiful is, she is dancing a machine. She is. You know, and she I is. admire you so much for, for just the energy that it takes. You know, I don't always have it. I, I, I told somebody the other day, so I brought her home the year I turned 50. So I went through motherhood and menopause at the same time. Um, and, and I was telling my friends here, moms, y'all just flat lied to me. You didn't tell me this is utterly exhausting. Um, because I just thought, and, and forgive me, this is a little bit um, unkind in this. Um, I, I can't say this is anywhere in the Bible. But when I would be around my friends with little kids and they didn't have jobs outside the home, and they'd be like, I'm so tired. I'd be like, what do you do all day? Mm -hmm. and you're like, what are you doing, you lazy pig? And then all of a sudden, I bring this child home at 50, and I was like, I'm tired to the marrow of my bones. Yeah. Um, but it is the most glorious kind of tired. Yeah. And it's a glorious kind of exhaustion because I know I miss the window of becoming a mom, partly because of fatherlessness in my own life. I was so wounded as a kid that the trajectory of my life tended to be toward abusive men. And, uh, and so God protected me, you know, from the guys I was attracted to and the few good guys I dated, God protected them from me because I was hot mess on a stick. And so the fact that I missed that window of being able to be a biological mom and God still redeemed my story and allowed me to adopt, even when I'm just overwhelmed with exhaustion, I can tell you honestly, I think I've made every mistake known to motherhood in four and a half years, but I'm always grateful Yeah. because I look at her and I see grace. Yeah. So if it wasn't, yeah, beautiful. If it wasn't for you, my opinion, Missy would not be here today. Um, yeah. 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 According to the doctors in Haiti, uh, they didn't give Missy much of a chance past about two months because she was so sick and incredibly impoverished. There's no access to medicine and there was no family member willing to, to take her on. And so she was quite utterly an orphan. Yeah. And um, interestingly, she doesn't have an orphan spirit. No. You know, I had an orphan spirit. My kid has a strong spirit, but yeah, had it not been for adoption, it's, 
very unlikely she would have survived. Yeah. So, um, Miss, you went to school. Why don't you tell us how did how did this book start? Yeah. Tell me. We were. I, w- I was picking her up. It was one day. Um, she was in kindergarten, and and she usually bounces out of school. You know, like the Energizer Bunny. And this day, she just kind of walked out. And you know how you'll see, I'm sure this happened with Cody and Kayla and the boys when they just, it's like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. She walked out, and I could tell it wasn't the weight of her backpack. I could just tell something, you know, had broken my, whew, my baby girl's heart. <clears throat> she got in the car, and I said, baby, what happened in school today? And she said, well, George, precious kid, I actually have changed his name because his mama's big and I don't want her to punch me in the throat. <laughs> but he meant it well. He, he was not being cruel. He asked Missy, out, I mean, just verbatim, who's your daddy? Now, the reason he was asking her who her daddy was was they were having parents' day two days later. He had seen me around school. He had never seen a man associated with Missy. So he was just innocently, curiously saying, who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. And so Missy told me that he had asked her that. And I said, well, baby, what did you say? And she said, I told him I didn't have a daddy. And you, you may as well have just jabbed me in the heart with an ice pick. It just filleted me. We talked about this a lot. We talk a lot about ethnicity. I'm so proud. Missy's Haitian. I'm not trying to make her into a mini me. God made her Haitian. I love, I forget she's adopted (laughs) sometimes, but I'm stinking proud. My kid's Haitian and brown. I'm just like, shame on your little pale, ugly babies. Um, But anyway, so we've talked about that. No, not yours. Now you're speaking metaphorically. I love your boy. Mine? (laughs) Sorry. You're about to cut me, aren't you? <laughs> I, was, I was speaking metaphorically. We've just talked a lot about the issues that some people have a hard time with. The fact right. that I'm a single, older mom, the fact that I have straight hair, she has curly hair. We've processed Lord so many things. Mercy. So we had yeah. processed yeah. fatherhood. Um, but I could just tell it, it resonated at a deeper level with her that day. And when she said, I don't have a daddy, I said, baby, um, you actually do have a daddy. I said, you don't have a skin daddy. Um, And it's awesome if you have a skin daddy and you have a daddy with skin on who protects you and provides for you. And and God wired us to have daddies. I said, but we live in a world where sometimes daddies leave or, or we don't have a daddy. And I said, God is always our daddy. He doesn't leave. And so that conversation led us to the park and she put her head in my lap. And if I play with her hair, you know, it settles her down. I played with her hair and we started talking about who God is as our perfect daddy, even though we can't see him. And uh, about a year later, my publisher asked me if I would write a children's book. And I said, you know, I have a hard time writing big people books. I don't think you want me (laughs) writing a children's book. And they said, well, do you have any ideas? And I said, I just have one. And it's autobiographical. It's what happened to us. It's our story. And so the way this book reads is exactly that conversation in the park that day. But the fatherless, my goodness, Mm -hmm. Lisa. Um, We were talking about even um, the shooters. Right. Uh, right. That tw- yeah, I just a friend of ours, we were talking just before we came out on set, said that she had read in the paper, so I don't know if this is, is exactly right, but it's close enough that 26 out of the last 27 major shootings in the U.S., the shooter did not have a, a father, mm-hmm. was raised without a father or didn't have his bio dad in the home. And you go, there are some very real impacts of this. And I think, you know, the enemy... 
He can't create. All he can do is pervert. And he wants to rob, steal, kill, and destroy what God has set for us. He wants to rip families apart. You know, our own, my family, I will tell you, my daddy did the best he could. And my dad loved me and God so redeemed the latter part of my father's life. He's with Jesus now. But my dad had no idea as a young man when he turned away from us to another woman He had no idea, really, the destruction that would be in the wake of that, because that is not the way God wired us. And so I am, I am very, especially now as a single mom, because I experienced the, really just the bruises and the wounds of not having a daddy in my own home. So I'm like, well, Lord, in your sovereignty, you've allowed me to adopt. I don't know if I'll ever get married. I would love to marry if he has a job in Jesus, (laughs) but... But if I don't, you know, that, that's the Lord's business. I'm just going to run toward the Lord and I go, okay, interesting that I'm so passionate about, about this and yet there's no daddy in our home. Mm-hmm. So I have to be really intentional about going, okay, before I brought Missy home, several of my closest friends, their husbands sat down with me and vowed to be uncles to Missy and to step into her life. Um, yeah, every... Every major holiday, like every Valentine's Day, Tim Halperin comes over to my house. <laughs> Kylie is like my little sister. Tim comes over to our house. He plans it with me ahead of time. He brings Missy flowers. He asks her to be his Valentine, and he takes her to dinner, and he has fatherly conversations with her. He's just 30 years old, but he has taken it upon himself to be a spiritual daddy to my nine-year-old. <laughs> so I think even for the guys listening in who go, man, I've blown it. I walked away from my own kids, or I've never had kids of my own. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there are gaps you can step in that are life-changing. Yeah. And for those of us who go, well, I don't need a daddy, I want to go, you know, put down your pride. Put down your pride and say, I desperately need God to cover this hole in our family or in my own life. He's a redeemer. He will do it. But I see a lot of, um, I'm glad women have found a voice in our culture. But I'm telling you, the women who say they don't need men, I just Mm want to say, liar, liar, pants on fire. That's true. That's true. You know, my husband... uh, First of all, if he was here, he'd be telling all the men that are available and love God and, and love Jesus to be calling in right now. Yeah, he did that once. It was really yeah. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I told him I wanted a lumberjack who could read, and we... And I they called. a lot of men who cut down trees who watch TBN. <laughs> it's quite exciting. Quite exciting. <laughs> there is a number on your screen for that, too. Yeah. <laughs> 1-800-588. Please call Lisa for a date. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of people, though, that did have fathers. Yeah. That were abusive, that were... Um, or emotionally unavailable. They yeah. just abandoned them. And so, and mm. so, you know, I remember Matt was doing this Father's, father's Day special mm. years ago up at the Dream Center. Oh, wow. And he was um, interviewing people up there. And yeah. the... Some of the stories yeah. you heard, you know, it's sometimes very hard for people um, mm-hmm. to, you know, the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. Yeah. And a lot of people, that, oh, yeah. that's hard to receive too. Yeah. But I love in the book where you said, but he is a perfect daddy. He's a perfect He is daddy. a perfect father. He's a perfect daddy. We don't have perfect minds. Mm-hmm. And so our minds and our hearts don't always recognize the presence of God. My mom remarried after... Um, 
my dad left us and I was just so hopeful about my stepfather because I'd prayed so hard for him. And it became very apparent very quickly that he was not, the man who moved in our home was not the man who dated my mama. He had, uh, he had falsified a lot of things so my mom would marry him. And I remember being, it's like you're crushed even further because you get your hopes up. Yeah. Now I'm going to have a daddy who doesn't leave and I'm going to have a daddy who loves me. And he did as well as he could, but he was a vehement agnostic. And so it's almost like those bruises just got pushed further and further down in my heart of there must be something wrong with me. I've had one daddy who left and now one daddy who uh, treats me in ways that, that you shouldn't treat little girls. And so when I got older, the idea of God as a father, I thought, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm fine with him being my savior. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with him being the king of all kings who created the universe, who breathed us into existence. But I'm not going to crawl up on his lap. Because I, I never had a dad who was safe for me to be little with or to be soft with or to be broken with. So I was like, he, he can be my king, but doggone it, I'm not going to need him. And I missed out uh, the first couple of decades of my walk with the Lord. I missed out on so much because I didn't trust God as my father. So I tried to protect myself, tried to provide for myself. So I think there's probably a lot of women who say, I just am not so sure about it. And and men, not so sure about him as a father. I'll trust him as Lord, but father's a little too intimate for me. Lisa, you go back to Haiti, to her to explain how that, how, how is that for you, know, you guys? I didn't want to at first. And I'll tell you why. I love what God's doing in Haiti. Um, I've done a, uh, hmm, mm-hmm. done a lot of mission trips to a lot of places. Haiti is the, the most heartbreaking place yeah. I've ever been. And Missy almost died in Haiti. And when her village found out she had not just HIV but tuberculosis, they basically voted to have her leave the village because tuberculosis is so contagious. And then the orphanage where Missy was, the nannies wouldn't touch her because they were afraid HIV could be t- transmitted through touch. So she was, she was a kid without, um, she just was a kid without a home. Mm-hmm. And so because she almost died in Haiti, because it took so long to get her home, once I got her home, I was like, you're not going to mess with my kid. You can do anything to me. You mess with, mess with my kid, I'll cut you. <laughs> and after she had been here home about a year, God just started saying very clearly to me, "Once you go back to Haiti with Missy?" And I was like, "No, sir. You know, sir. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I'll go back to Haiti. I'll go back to Haiti multiple times a year." But I was like, "I'm not going to take Missy back to Haiti because she almost died, and they didn't want her." And um, and he said, "That's the point, Lisa." I want you to take life that only I could have redeemed back to a place where death too often ends. And so, um, yeah, so a year, about a year and a half after I'd brought Missy home, we went back to her village. And her village is so impoverished that a lot of the people there don't have electricity, much less the Internet. They assumed Missy had died because the last time they saw her, she was a very, very sick little girl. And when we step off this, this bus from Port-au-Prince, it takes about two hours to get to her village, rural village. Um, it's For anybody who knows Haiti, it's in the Leogon region. We step off this diesel bus into this rural village, mm-hmm. and women started screaming, and they started shrieking, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. Well, then they started pointing at me and saying I was a high voodoo priestess because they believed only voodoo could take Missy from near death mm-hmm. to this 
vibrant kid with all this energy who's obviously very healthy. And I started saying, no, no, Jesse, Jesse, Jesus, Jesus. Wow. It is a miracle, mm -hmm. but it's Jesus. And, um, and so I, I sent Missy, I sent Missy around the village to invite women. I mean, they were just stunned, but to invite women to our first ever women's conference. You know, there was no PowerPoint. There was no dry ice. No, I mean, it was just this hot little room where yeah. we talked about Jesus. <laughs> and we saw all these women get saved, not because I'm an effective communicator, but because they just could not get past the fact that this had to be a miracle. And the coolest thing was, Lori, the... Um, the main prostitute in Missy's village, she's beautiful, she's beautiful. She got so mad at me. She came to that little meeting and they asked me to come outside and talk with her. And she said, I am so mad at you. And through an interpreter, she said, I'm mad at you for telling us lies. And I said, well, where do you think I'm telling you lies? She said, there is no way a God like that could accept a woman like me. Aww. And then she said, let me tell you who I am. She told me her story, and I said, oh, my goodness, do you know your story's in the Bible? You're right. <laughs> I said, her name is Gomer. It's an awesome story. And she was just, just stunned. Two yeah. weeks later, Pearlie came to Christ. <laughs> now she's leading all these women in the village to Christ. <laughs> so so we, we, go back to, we go back to Haiti pretty often, and it's not because I think I can bring anything special to Haiti other than Jesus. Yeah. But I want Missy to know God made her Haitian for a reason. Yeah. I love that my child's Haitian. Yes. I love that we get to go back. I love that the village has accepted me in, even though I don't look like them. Um, there is, uh, man, I think homogeny is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love getting to go back. I love, um, I love Missy knowing this is where God had me born. She knows all as much as I know about her birth mama. I'm Missy's second mama. Yeah. I want to honor Marie. Yeah. Marie didn't even know she had AIDS. She would have never left her child had, had she been given the chance. So I want to honor her. I want to honor Missy's extended family. And, uh, and I, I love, I don't love sweating in Haiti. It's the hottest <laughs> place I've ever been. Like, Jesus, if you'll just give me a Slurpee, I'll be a missionary here forever. Um, but I do love what's, what God's doing. And I love getting to say there's hope. There's yeah. always hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. Yeah. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. We were talking one out of three children. One out of three. One out of three children. And I think sometimes because of our own wounds, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. We don't talk about fatherlessness. And I think don't ignore it. Point them to the redemption of God. Point yeah. them to, you know, Missy knows. Um, the other day I lost my temper with her and I was just, I was, I was not the mom she deserves. And so we walked over the steps and I sat down and I said, baby, how much do I love you? And she said, more than anything. And I said, who loves you more? And she said, God, he's my daddy and he will never leave me. And I said, baby, he's a perfect daddy and I will always... That I will always be an imperfect mama. But I think there's, there's a place where we have to be really vulnerable and admit there are gaps in our family stories, even for families who Absolutely. have a mother yeah. and a father in the yeah. home. I think we do ourselves a disservice and we're wounding our children when we don't say, let me point you to the rock that's higher than I. That's true. Let because, me tell you about the daddy who will never, ever disappoint you. Yeah, that's true because my dad, I had, I have, oh, see, now I can't even start. I know talking about that. I lost my dad about three years ago, um, and he was 
my perfect daddy. God yeah. created him just for me. <laughs> yeah. And um, but yet nobody's perfect. Right. I mean, it right. doesn't come with a manual. That's right. You know, on how to do it. But and can uh, you it's, imagine, Lori, if all of your security as a daughter had been based on your daddy? then when you lose him, you would have been devastated. Absolutely. So our security cannot be solely based on our biological parents. We have yeah. to know my identity yeah. is in God. It's not in my, no matter how great your daddy is, yeah. has to be in the fatherhood of God. But te teaching, teaching that to our children, yeah. um, that's super important to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you have to know the Lord to yeah. be able to teach that. You do. you do. And I think you have to have experienced your, your own places of, of loss and where God redeemed it. I heard somebody say the other day, people, even children, aren't interested in where you've gotten it all right. They're interested in where you've gotten it wrong and God has rescued you. Mm. And so Missy and I have talked at length about my parents' divorce. We've talked at length about my, my stepfather who came to Christ eight weeks before he died, but who... Um, there were some holes in my heart um, mm -hmm. due to my stepfather. And I said, Missy, we're going to talk about these things because I want you to know the kind of men that you deserve mm -hmm. to be friends with. To When you marry, I want you to know the kind of men that God has, has made for you who will honor and respect you. But then I've told her, I want you to love Jesus. Because at first it was hard. You know how little kids are. When she first came home, once she learned English, she didn't speak English at all. As a matter of fact, she called me Pablo <laughs> at first. Um, <laughs> Because I found out, it took me about a month and a half to figure this out, they had done in her orphanage uh, a little Sunday school program that was based in Spanish because there's very little curriculum in Creole. Mm -hmm. So they'll borrow from Spanish because they can kind of mm -hmm. figure out Spanish if you speak French. And, and they had talked about the missionary journeys of Paul. Well, then totally, you know, totally parallel story. She had asked one of the people at the orphanage, what does my new Mama Blanc, white mama, mm -hmm. what does my new Mama Blanc do? And they said, well, she travels around and talks about Jesus, so she's kind of like a missionary. So my peanut put this <laughs> curriculum with me and decided I was Apostle Paul. <laughs> I just know he's in glory going, really, Jesus, really? Um, but she didn't speak any English at all when I brought her home. Um, but one of the first things she learned to do in English was to pray. Mm. And, and I said, you just say, dear God. And she was like, I don't want to pray. You pray. And I said, no, I want you to pray because you have a relationship with God. And I started putting warm laundry. This is one of my little tricks. I'll take laundry out of the dryer put it on the bed, and I said, I want you to lay back in that laundry, baby, and I want you to imagine Daddy God's arms around you. And then you just tell him what you feel. That's what praying is. You just tell him your heart. And so my kid, it's going to be funny when she's in college because she's going to go down, get laundry out, come, put it in, lean back, and start to pray. They're going to be like, this kid is whacked. But that's how she has learned to imagine leaning into the arms of God. And sometimes after she leaves the laundry, you know, I'll lay there. Because I need to be reminded of what it is to be a child mm. in his arms. I know, I'm such a sap. You are just, <laughs> you wrecked my heart. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Lisa is one of the, um, not only one of the greatest friends, she's one of the greatest Bible teachers. I don't know if you've, uh, you need, uh, seriously, an amazing Bible teacher with Lifeway. Um, can we help you with your work in Haiti? Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh. Uh, I didn't expect that question. Yeah, okay. you know, I, I think a lot of times people look at a something that's that systemic and you go, 
how can I help? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just so broken. And I mm -hmm. go, you start small. Missy's Village is only 2,000 people. They're in the process. Actually, Tim Tebow is helping them build a hospital. It's like you've got 2,000 people. Those people can see Jesus yeah. if we'll press in. So absolutely. And, yeah. and when can we go to your website oh, and do that? Please. Okay. Go to my website, and then there's a site called My Life Speaks. Okay. My Life Speaks, and that was actually the Christian organization who Missy would have died had it not been for My Life Speaks, and wow. it's a holistic ministry. They have everything from schools to feeding programs to mm -hmm. soccer programs, mentoring, and they just decided we can't change all of Haiti. Mm -hmm. We can plant ourselves. Uh, friends of mine moved there. They lived there with their family because they're like, the only way we can actually affect change is to be willing to sacrifice and be the change. There you go. So, yeah. Um, but uh, tonight we're talking about Who's Your Daddy? This is a beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful book. A lot of you grandmas watching, a lot of moms yeah. and dads um, know someone. We all know fatherless right. children. Right. That and need. I think it's important for daddies yeah. to read this with their kids so that the daddy can say, baby, I... I love you with all my heart, but my heart is not as big as God's heart. Yeah. So I will fail you as a father. So I want to encourage you to know that God is a better daddy than I am. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, we're thankful for you. And we're yeah. thankful for you. And uh, we're just, if you count your blessings, you know, we were talking earlier with the audience. There is so much going on right now in yeah. the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, here even our, in our this own state of, of California, we've got devastating fires oh, we've yeah. got people just it's just unbelievable yeah so we had a good a good prayer for everybody but yeah. once you start counting your blessings right um i know god is god is a faithful god yeah and um he sees us through and yeah. his grace is sufficient for us we're just praying yes. for all the people just please know that mm -hmm. um that are being touched uh by by just these horrific tragedies yeah. all over the country. Which makes us feel like orphans. Yes. May have nothing to do with, with your biological family, but when you feel missed and you're wounded, it you can feel fatherless. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's critical critical for us to talk about it and to minister in those yeah. places. Um, I'd, I'd love to share something that really impacted me. It's one of the most redemptive stories. But my stepfather, who I've mentioned, was, was not a believer and was um, uh, kind of an abusive side to my stepfather. But the memory I hang on to and I will always have is we were walking down the mall together. I was younger than Missy. I was probably 11 years old. And we were walking down the mall and some women were walking toward us. And my stepfather was in the education system. He was a superintendent in the school system. And these two women recognized him because they had been teachers in one of his schools. And so they stopped and went, oh, John, you know, they started, my stepfather's name was John Angel. And they began to, you know, just exchange pleasantries. And then the one who had known him years before went, John, she looked down at me and she went, oh, your little girl looks just like you. And I can remember just holding my breath because I thought, oh, here we go. You know, he's going to look down and say, oh, this isn't my kid. You know, this is, this is Patty's kid. And he took his hands. My stepdad had huge hands. And he put his hand under my chin and tilted my face up toward him. And he probably paused. It was probably only 15 seconds. Felt like 15 minutes. 
but I will never forget what he said. It's the kindest thing he ever said to me until he came to Christ. He said, she does look like me, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And then he looked at those teachers and he said, yep, she's mine. And I mean, it, <laughs> it did something. It did something to my spirit to be claimed, mm-hmm. to have him look at me and say, I claim you. And I think that's what I see over and over again with my own relationship with Missy. She has just flowered because I'll go, you're my kid. You're my kid. She'll go, I'm your daughter. I'm like, yep, you're my daughter. It's like we both remind each other, you know, that we've been picked. And it has reminded me God chose us. God never misses us. He sees us. If you have been joining Lori and I today for this um, very uh, heart rending conversation. Sometimes I look at Lori and my eyes tear up because she has been Jesus with skin on to me. She's been so kind to me. And I bet you some of y'all are just desperate for kindness. You're desperate for somebody uh, to see you. What you're really desperate for is to be seen by God. And we want to tell you tonight, He sees you. He has never missed you. Everything in your life, He sees nothing in your life Even the hard parts are hidden from him. And y'all, he loves what he sees. He loves you. And he is even tonight revealing himself to you, saying, come, come. You're never an interruption to him. You are his beloved son, his beloved daughter. So would you honor us enough to pray with us right now? Even if you've never prayed before, You may be in a hotel room somewhere thinking, who is this loud Southern woman on television with the nice blonde? Um, (laughs) And you've never closed your eyes to pray. You don't have to close your eyes. Doesn't have to sound like a King James prayer. You can just say, if you're real, God, would you show yourself to me? Would you give me eyes to see? Would you heal the places in my heart that I have have walled up because I just can't take getting hurt again. Father, for those who are leaning in right now, just thinking, good night. I wish she'd quit crying because it reminds me of my own wounds. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray you'd be so thick through your spirit in that living room, in that hotel room, that they could not see you. That just like those women in Haiti had to profess that my baby is a miracle that they would have to see with spirit eyes. I sense something different. Lord, I pray that you would take the scales from their eyes and the walls from their hearts and the scales from their ears and they would hear you. They would see you in this moment and they would come. They would lean into your presence and allow you to hold them. Thank you that you love us with an unconditional love. Thank you that you provided Jesus so that we don't have to be orphans anymore. Thank you that you promise to set the lonely in families into your family. Thank you that through your spirit, you say you have the right to call me father. You've given us the spirit of sonship, a spirit of adoption. So Lord Jesus, for those who prior to this program felt like orphans, I pray that even in this moment, as they lean into Jesus, they would begin to recognize they are not alone, that you are their Father. We ask this in the name of Jesus, by the blood he shed on our behalf on Calvary and for his purposes. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.
probably when I miss Matt the most. <laughs> they're just, sometimes there just aren't words. I know. You know what's funny is I was praying. I thought God is so kind and I think he gets so tickled with us because I'm starting to ball my guts out and my spank started to roll. <laughs> and you know, when that happens, it kind of brings you right back into the moment. I couldn't get too sappy because I was like, oh, my spanks are rolling. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Again, who's your daddy? This talks about your skin daddy, but your perfect heavenly father yeah. who loves and adores. You know, I was listening to Pastor Morris the other, t the other day, and mm -hmm. he was talking about him having such a hard time about people loving him. Mm. You know, well, why would yeah. people love me? Right. And um, right. someone said to him, he said, because God is loving. Right. It has nothing to do right. with you. Right. You know, you might be just as unlovable as you possibly can be, and maybe you've been that all your life. Hmm. It has nothing to do with you. God is a loving Father, yeah. and He's going to love yeah. you no yeah. matter what you do. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a critical point because yeah. um, I think we forget that God sees the best in us. Yeah. He knows the worst. Yeah. It, nothing in our lives is hidden from him. But remember when in Job's story, he said, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah. He said, Job's going to walk this out in a way that's going to bring me glory. Yeah. He sees the best in us. He believes the best in us. We are usually so wary because we've been missed and marginalized and other people have pointed out the worst that we forget he chooses to see us through the righteousness of Christ. Yeah. When he looks at me, I am beautiful yeah. because of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pathologically biased when it comes to Missy. I mean, I just <laughs> think she is beautiful. Yes, she is. And every since the way, sometimes she'll fall asleep and I'll stand in a room and I'll look at her. And what I think is, I can't believe I get to be her mom. Mm -hmm. I'm just undone by this kid. And then it's like the Holy Spirit will poke me and go, do you know he loves you even more than that? Mm. And yeah, sometimes you go, goodness gracious, I had forgotten how sweet it is to be adored by God. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's called motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> You're is. the perfect mama. It You're is. the perfect yeah. mom just for Missy. I love that. I'm so thankful she has you. I, I look at Missy and I think, my goodness that God chose Lisa. You know, sometimes yeah. I think even as mothers, um, we, we get these children and, and maybe they have problems and maybe they're mm -hmm. just difficult in certain ways. But you know what? God chose you for that baby. He, he doesn't make any mistakes. Yeah. That's just about God. And it's, he, this to me is, is so points back to the gospel that he grafted us into his family. Yeah. Missy and I were at the doctor the other day and her HIV is completely undetectable by <laughs> amazing. God. She's she's a healthy, healthy, healthy kid. But but you know, of course, where I, I'm so grateful for the physicians in our lives and with this amazing doctor at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, and he was examining this mosquito bite on her shoulder that got infected because you're just being really careful. Sure. And, and I just felt like he was taking forever on this one teeny mosquito bite. And so I finally went, Dr. Wilson, I do the same thing. I hike up my pants legs and show him this mosquito bite because I'm thinking, well, of course, she's my kid. I do. And he looked at me and went, 
Like, you know that has no bearing whatsoever on your adopted daughter. But in that moment, I forgot I didn't yeah. give birth to this kid. Yeah. I mean, like, it's pretty easy when you look at us, since I have straight hair and hers is curly, <laughs> that I might not have given birth to this child. I totally forget she's not my biological kid. And I think, how much more? If we have the capacity as broken human beings to love our kids like that, how much more yeah. does God love us? He's like, well, of course you're mine. Yeah. You're my kid. And uh, I want to walk, walk in the security of God's love for me even more so that my child walks securely that I love her. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. And of course, that's our prayer for you today, that you that's can right. walk securely in the love of God. Yeah. And then we're going to have Missy come on and join <laughs> us for a minute. So Missy, is there anything you want to tell us about your mama? Mm, yes, ma'am. What, what? What's, was she, what's was, your favorite thing? Wow. My favorite thing is that she loves me. Oh. Yeah. And she always... Um, Kiss me. Yeah. That's what my favorite thing is. Yeah. <laughs> and I cry a lot about you, don't I? Mm. Yes, ma'am, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Toots. When I brought her home from Haiti, I always called her Squirty McTurdy. Yeah. And one time, I just have all these names. Toots is her name. We, we talk about that all the time. But we were in the grocery store, and a woman said, asked her her name. She just learned to say it's Missy. She said, Missy. And the lady said, well, honey, what's your last name? And she paused, looked at me, and went, McTurdy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sadly Ms. quit McTurdy. calling her squirting McTurdy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight. Again, Who's Your Daddy is available for you. We love you. I'm just so thankful for you. I love you, too. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.